Welcome to the podcast. Hello. My name is Anthony, and this is Kristen. Great. Moody. Stop. Dr. Kristen August Moody. Uh, nope. <laughs> no. Dr. No. Kristen Moodsky Moody. How about we not put my entire personal profile in the public? I, you're a doctor. You want people to know who you are. Yes, but not my entire life, so. All right. Well, she, she was born in a small town. Oh, what was so <laughs> I don't know where you were born. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually German. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guten Tag. <laughs> Do you understand that? Is that your native tongue? Just because <laughs> I'm fucking German doesn't mean I speak. Do you want me to do the whole episode in German? Because I can. Do it. Glucken schnugen flargen. No, that's like that's an insult. What to a our... letdown. I think we have one German listener. Actually, last time I looked at the. Um... Oh really? Well, not, not anymore. So German is definitely a language I'd like to learn. Same with Russian. It's so like aggressive and matches my personality. Like, Russian's a little more subtle than German. I would I would definitely learn German and go visit Germany. So. Anywho, <laughs> so what are we? fucking talking about well they already know what we're talking about because they clicked on the episode they saw the title and they're like "Ooh, dark matter dark energy that's pretty cool i want to learn about that yes so dark matter (laughs) dark energy (laughs) but first i want to check in with you how are you doing Kristen? i'm drinking my coffee i'm i'm mellow today i'm actually yeah mellow today i worked out really hard yeah pretty freaking hard so i'm just Running the groceries and doing the life right now. Doing the life, yeah. Doing the life, trying to survive. I think we all are at this point. How are you doing? You know, I've been better, but I'm good. Well, just look at the booner and you'll be happy. That doesn't make me happy. It just makes me... That makes me happy. Giggle for a second. (laughs) It makes me happy. A booner. If you haven't looked it up, go look up a booner on Etsy. It's a boner. That's a boo. Ghost. A ghosty boner. Ghosty boner. It's cute. It's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get into it. All right. And go buy our merch. Hopping into it. Yeah, so um, go buy our merch. And then Merry fucking Christmas. Listen to this episode. Just do it. You know, know, we always plug like our Instagram and everything, but I never have plugged at the beginning or the end that we have a website called starmints.live. So if you just type starmints.live, you'll find all of our social media, all of our merch, everything. Is it kind of like a link tree? Like beacon? It, it's beacon. Yep, that's beacon. Yeah. Cool. So starmins.live. Go visit us. Mm, visit and that. send us an email. Everyone's like a little on the quieter side. Feel free to send us some stuff. Yes, We're pretty please. prompt at replying. And, well, I check it like every day. So if you guys right. have any suggestions for future episodes. Comments, uh, questions, comments, concerns. And yeah. if it's shitty, then you can keep it to yourself or we Fact won't reply. check comments no you don't have to do that either. you know if you like if you like listening to starman's podcast and you just want to be like hey i like you listening to Starman's awesome. podcast, you know that just would make, make our day that would make uh, you know we'll, we'll shout you out whatever yeah. you want anyway we'll say hi moving on to the episode so from the beginning of the universe oh fuck right at the big bang if we look at a timeline that is our entire universe from beginning till now We will see that in the beginning, there was a small period of time called the Dark Ages. Not making that up. It's just called the Dark Ages. Oh, my God. And the reason it was dark was because all matter 
after the Big Bang was still being energized and pulled together by this sort of like glue that is the universe, right? Um, stars were being born and formed into energy, and as energy propagates throughout the universe, light becomes a thing. So there was a good, good time, good chunk of time in the beginning where the universe was basically just complete darkness and blackness. Couldn't see anything, and matter was being formed. Right. And then all of a sudden it just starts getting illuminated so ever so slowly as matter forms together and slowly over thousands of years <laughs> literally billions of years so side note i was listening to neil degrasse tyson on mm. star talk right and speaking of the time from the big bang to now oh, yeah. like humans are like the last like cent like third of a centimeter right. on this thing that could be potentially like if you envision it like miles mm. miles and miles and miles long oh yeah and humans are only this last little fucking blip actually he has a, and that's industrialization too right he has a really good analogy i think he said it was an inch is humans are the last in, or the start of like mankind is the right. last inch and then our industrial technology periods like the last like 10 20 percent of that yeah can i give you the analogy because yeah. it'll explain it yeah. so in in his uh in neil degrasse tyson's cosmos yeah um he gives the analogy he analogizes analogizes analogouses i don't know he makes an analogy that there you go <laughs> the universe is a calendar like a you know Jan or january 1st yeah january 1st is like the big bang right i haven't heard this one okay keep going okay so january 1st the first sure. the first millisecond is the big bang sure and and then when you fast forward to like human existence um he said that uh december what is the last day of December? 30th? 31st, 31st, I believe. So December 31st um, at 11.59 p.m., like the last like 40 seconds is like when Human hominids existed. Right. And like the Homo last, sapiens, yeah. Yeah, the last milliseconds were like when we started becoming intelligent. And, right, industrialization. Like yeah. So yeah. if you were to like think about a calendar year, that's that's how insignificant we are in comparison to the it's, universe it's fucking insane well it's what four billion years old that's the earth the, the earth is four billion the years universe old. is 13.7 probably... billion years old Ooh. yep approximately fucking wild. so anyway um love that analogy that's fucking just really humbling right and what are the ways we know about the big bang and um how old the universe is is this thing called the wilkinson microwave anisotropy probe and what that is is it's basically a um satellite that takes images of the cosmic radio background sure uh you might have seen a chart of it, it looks like a big oval blue and green it looks like it's kind of like a, a blotchy mess okay if you google uh, microwave background into like google images you'll see a good picture and if you check our instagram i'll post a picture of it after this episode um Anyway, so what that does is it measures the temperature differences across the spectrum and the cosmic microwave background, the radiant heat remaining being from the Big Bang. So the darker red spots are heat, the um, green and blue are temperature differences in the colder mm, spectrum. It kind of looks like a magnetic field map for those who haven't pulled it up they're probably driving. Right. It's similar but more speckly. Right. Continue. Well, that was actually our first indication of the idea of dark matter um, the dark spots in the cold spots yeah 
which yeah. is the darker spots. Would it be a, like blue, purple? Very dark blackish, bluish. Yeah, yeah, like that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. Um, cool. So what you're looking at in that are cold spots. Yeah. And now the temperature variation in that chart is actually pretty eluding because you would think that it's like hot, like uh, your oven hot versus like cold, like an ice cube, right? Because to humans, that's hot and cold. Sure. But we're, at, we're actually talking about a temperature difference of a, a fraction of a degree right. in that chart. A fraction of a degree is the difference in temperature that you're seeing in the okay. variation. Wow. Yeah. That's it? That's it. That's very sensitive. Very, very sensitive, yes. <clears throat> so anyway, the cold spots... Um, Just like me. <laughs> so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, it's our first evidence of indication of dark matter. Well, let me talk about the percentage because I haven't mentioned that yet. The universe oh. is made up of 5% matter currently. Our observable universe. 5% observable matter. What? In our observable universe, if you were to condense... That's it? Yes, if you were to condense... Think about it. I mean, there's so much space in between everything. I guess. If you condensed everything together and you compared it to the rest of the room, it's like Yeah, because, you know, we have galaxies and there's a lot of space between those galaxies and those... Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That okay. fact is yeah. less mesmerizing than the next two facts, which are 27% of the room is made up of dark matter. Yeah, yep. Which is matter that interacts with... Uh, our observable matter. So what's the remaining 68%? Dark energy, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Oh, okay. sweet. Um, so dark matter, you can think of... I have a really good analogy that I came up with actually on my car ride here, and I'd like to explain it to you because it gives you an idea of what dark matter actually is because it's not something that we can quantify directly. We have to quantify it indirectly. We can't observe dark matter because it doesn't absorb light, it's invisible to the naked eye and all spectrums of everything. Um, and we've never actually pointed anything at it and gone, oh, there's something there. Aren't we observing dark matter between, when we look at the stars, between the stars, isn't that technically dark matter? We'll get to that. Okay. Um, that's part of it. Um, here's my analogy. So okay, imagine sorry. a room, an empty room, okay? And Kristen's in the room with a soccer ball, okay? And on the... You, you take the soccer ball, and you're suspended in space. So, so I'm floating no around. You're just floating around in, in this room with a soccer ball. And you take the soccer ball, and you throw it at the wall. Okay, it hits the wall. And on the other side of the wall, imagine that we can measure that interaction. So, Like in the fourth or fifth dimension. No. You know, we, we see like a flash of light that hits the wall. Okay, sorry. Okay, I, went, we I went way too fucking interstellar with that. You did, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> ripping space time. Stay with me here. <laughs> um, so you throw the soccer ball at the sure. wall, it hits the wall, and we observe it on the other side of the wall. Like, but we don't know anything behind the wall. We like just measuring the kinetic energy off of the wall? Is that what you're saying? Okay. Sure. So when we take our measurements, we can deduce now, we can sort of backwards infer, okay, it hit at this you know, it, it caused this much uh, radiation when it hit. Sure. So it must have been going this speed. Okay. Like, let's say 15 miles an hour, for example. Okay. And because of Newton, um, we know how it traversed as well. Because if it hit here and we know how tall you are and, and where you threw it, then we know that it, you know, had a parabolic arc or whatever. Whatever interaction was in that room, we could sort of deduce based off of that, in, that information. Sure. So then we go, okay, Kristen's in the room, she's in this corner, she threw it at this angle and at this speed. And you're like, okay, 
Now you observe the room and you're like, that's actually correct because Newton's gravity, Newton's laws of motion, that was all calculated, right? Now I want you to imagine that same room, except it's full of water now. The whole room is top to bottom full Still of water. Still in space though. Still in space. Okay. But now you're suspended in water. What would happen to the observer if you threw the ball at the wall? It would be a lot. There's more resistance. It'd be a lot less. It would be. Would you even see a reaction? Well, maybe if you you had to throw it really fucking hard yeah, to get you, it through. Let's say just for the sake of the example that you throw it and it eventually hits the wall, and sure. we're like, but we're so confused now because we're like, what the fuck just happened? It's like, a lot it's, less. It's so much less energy. Right. So how? Sh- and you're thinking in terms of Newton's gravity. You're like, how could have this? How could this have? came about so okay now you're a three foot person with a very weak arm and you threw it up in the air you know and it kind of like right because they don't know it's water so you're trying to deduce that but now you take the observation of the room but because we're using water as an analogy for dark matter we see exactly the same thing you're suspended in water but there's nothing there to us shut the fuck up right so, so it's this invisible force that provides fucking resistance, and that's how we're literally calculating this slightly. Exactly. Okay. So that's and sort of an analogy on how we calculate it. Right. And an analogy is, on, like, how we observe it, which we don't. Which is crazy, because something could be floating along at a normal speed, and then it just goes, boom, and slows, like, down as it goes through something. Randomly. Right. Correct. <gasps> now, our first our first indication... <laughs> that's the noise everyone knows that I make when I get shit. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, actually, I'll go to that indication later. So, there also isn't enough by calculating... Uh, by calculation of normal matter to account for all the observed gravitational effects that are happening to normal matter. So, there must be something there. Um, so that's to say that, like, um, if we calculate matter interacting, or I'm sorry, let me circle back. Sure, sure. There isn't enough matter after the Big Bang to account for what's happening, what we observe in the universe. Matter or dark matter? Just matter. Okay, okay. If, if, if we calculate a 5% matter ratio to the right. universe... And we put that in a simulation and, and recreate the Big Bang, mm-hmm. the matter just goes, Wah! And it just spreads and nothing ever happens. So we're like... Something has to hold it in. Something has to glue it together. Yeah. Right. And so we're like, there's this invisible force. It must be something there. So that's kind of where we're like at. Shit. And I mean, if that doesn't make sense to you people, damn. It it has to because if not, there's... Is there technically no resistance in space because it's a vacuum? So just go everywhere. Just go. Operating under the assumption that space has nothing. Right then yeah, there's no resistance. Right, so that's why that simulation wouldn't work. Something has to provide resistance, even a little bit of resistance. Right. Even weirder, though, is it operates in both directions, resistance and repulsion. But I'll get back to that. At the end, we'll get back to that. It's the difference between dark matter and dark energy. Repulsion? Repulsive forces. Like so, propelling? Like so you, ex- throw, you throw the soccer ball and all and of a sudden it, goes, it just goes wham! Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And okay. we're like, what the fuck is that? Okay, so. So fucking sweet. Yeah, we know three facts about dark matter. Okay. We, we actually know more about what dark matter isn't than what we know about it. Which is, yes, okay, right? sure. Right, based off of the information. Yeah. But we do know it's cold. Okay, Because yes. of the cosmic radiation right, right, background. Right, right. We do know it's collisionless, meaning that... It's it may be a property of well, space itself rather than actual like physical matter, particles. which makes sense because there's no energy coming from it. Correct. Active energy, at least. 
we, there can't be because there's no light. Right. Right. So, and it interacts with normal matter. We do know that. Okay. So those are the three things we know about it. Those okay. are the only three things we know about dark matter for certain. It interacts sure. with normal matter. There's yes. something there. It's collisionless because right. if it wasn't, well, then we'd be getting smacked with dark matter, matter particles all day long. And also we'd be able to see it in a reading. Or something. Right. There'd be some signature that would be able to detect it. So, because right. there's an interaction. Right. Um, now, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually expressed this idea, which it was surprising because it's a little out of left field for even me. But it's the idea that dark matter and dark energy could be some sort of quantum type interaction with matter mm -hmm. that is in another place. So think of the quantum entanglement. Do you know what that is? <sighs> yes. So I'll explain it for the listeners if you don't know. This is very recent and huge, right? Yeah. Yes. Very, uh, recently verified. Right. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I know exactly what it is, but yeah, go for it. Do it. So quantum entanglement is the idea that a particle, whether it's matter or, mm -hmm. say, antimatter or dark matter, is entangled with another particle somewhere else in the universe or perhaps another multiverse somewhere else. Right. And the observation of those particles influences the or the actual particle on the other side. The so, observation of one particle directly influences the other particle is right. what you're trying to say. Faster yes. than the speed of light. Right. Which violates everything Einstein stood for, so which say is you nothing, including information travels faster than the speed of light. Right. So say you smack this one and provide a kinetic energy to this particle. Right. It's going to reflect in this one, even though you didn't fucking touch it. It's going to interact the with The opposite it. one. Yes. Right. And that's been recently fucking verified. So, uh, and, and so he's thinking maybe, perhaps, that our matter is interacting with some sort of quantum entanglement situation. There's matter somewhere else in the universe that is influencing it, and that's why it's invisible to us. Does that make sense? Influencing the dark matter? Influencing the regular matter. Instead of thinking about it as dark matter, think of it as a quantum entangled particle across, that's just across somewhere the multiverse. Else. Yeah. Right, right. It could be matter that is just shaving into our multiverse, you know? It could, I mean, I could I could see that, but I that's a harder one for, well, it, yeah. it's it's possible. Right. There's your astrophysicist thinking. It's little, it, yeah, it's possible. It's, that's totally theoretical and like just a wild guess, but it's, right. it's it also but incorporates. But you could say everything else on the entire, you, you know, <laughs> right. everywhere is a quantum entanglement of particles, so. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, there could be matter in other universes that interact invisibly with our universe, accounting for the discrepancy in matter. Sure. Um, but how do we detect it? So this is kind of where I wanted to dive into, like, what do we, you know, how how do we know this is a thing? How do we quantify it exactly? Because I gave you the example with the room, but I'd like to go into, like, what we're actually doing as scientists. So um, scientists have many different types of theories to try and detect it, one of which is observing star temperature based off mass. So we can observe a star heat it's a star's heat output when dark matter hits and interacts with particles inside of the star. Does it cool down? They become energized when they interact with dark matter, thus giving off slightly more heat oh, than okay. you normally expect. Okay. But we're talking about a temperature difference that is so, so tiny. Right. You know, that you it's would, almost it's not like, oh, the sun's hotter today. Right. There must be dark matter. It's like you point a you point a thermometer at it for ten years straight, and you go, "Oh my God, there was a fluctuation of temperature all of a sudden." Right. Dark matter, which is that's a little but of extreme, like but. A, like a tenth of a degree, right? Like oh, very yeah. minute. Very minute. So how could you? You know, it's 
How could you say that wasn't something else, like a solar flare interacting with something? Exactly my thoughts. Uh, Apparently, this is an actual scientific study. Maybe they're controlling it some way, but that one is like... That one's harder for me to like get behind because there's right. too many external variables that could be. Right. You know, what there's... if a fucking black hole was near it and just was ejecting star shit at it, and that right. was just the particles interacting with the star instead? Exactly. So or something behind the star. Right. That we can't see. You know, asteroid. Sure. Hit the back of it. We just didn't. You know, who right. knows? So um, there's two other uh, actual studies that I definitely can get behind. So. Sure. The uh, elements xenon and argon uh, mm-hmm. can actually and have been observed to interact with dark matter, emitting a tiny light when dark matter smacks into it. But they put these in highly controlled environments that cannot be uh, cannot be interacted with anything else. Who did the the scientists? Study? How did they <laughs> gather dark matter? We don't gather it. So how we... did they recreate it? Did they just try and recreate it? Well, so dark matter is collisionless, remember that. Right. So it's actually currently billions of dark matter particles or whatever they are, are flowing through us right now. Sure. We just don't, we can't feel it, we can't see it, we can't smell it, can't taste it, can't observe it. But we do know that it has a interaction with... Xenon and argon. With matter, sometimes, yeah. So xenon and argon... Sometimes. Correct. Do they put this uh, in, like, this a controlled a... space up in space or something? This no, tri- actually under mountains. Why? Neutrinos. <laughs> so we'll get we'll get to neutrinos in just a second. Okay. So we currently have dozens of instruments and detectors around the world that are cryogenically contained and highly monitored. So when dark matter particle comes in, we detect a temperature change in that, in the room. So think about it like Like this. at CERN and all sorts of other places? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sure okay. CERN has something, yeah. I mean, there's like there's like 12 of them around Earth. That okay. It's basically this cryogenic box, right? And we, we're hoping that something flows through it. Like on Earth, like where we're sitting. Right. Not like up in space. No, just anywhere. Okay. I mean, like it doesn't... Like on a mountain. It wouldn't matter if you were in space or the core of the Earth. Sure. A neutrino is going to fly right through that shit. doesn't matter. It's collisionless. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm still thinking in normal particles. I know. I think that's where I got stuck. Okay. Yeah, it's back not, to... It's it's also... I, I hate calling it dark matter, and actually Neil deGrasse Tyson paid homage to this as well, that, like, calling it dark matter is sort of like saying... There's a dark... We part. have no idea what any of this stuff is. Right. Really. It could be a mixture of many things. And actually, neutrinos are one of the things that we do know is a part that make up part of dark matter, but it's not the quant- the total quantity of dark matter. Okay. So, according to Jenna Levin, professor of physics and astronomy at the Bernard College of Columbia University, mm-hmm. in an interview, she was asked, "What are the three types? Are three types of differences between particles that we identify, whether theoretical or observed, um, of dark matter are?" And neutrinos came up. So there are particles that we have observed that interact with certain matter, including argon and uh, xenon. Um, But they don't interact with light. So neutrinos are part of dark matter, and they contribute to the total weight of dark matter, but not that cannot account for the total. It can't just be neutrinos. We can't just say neutrinos are all dark Dark matter. matter. Because, There's something else in there, but we don't know what. Right. Because we can observe them, we kind of know the frequency at which they pass through Earth. Are they collisionless, too? Yes. Yeah, you already said that. Yeah. Okay. 
So anyway, the three types are called... Of win- neutrinos? Of uh, dark matter particles. Oh, okay. And one of them is... Uh, one of them is... Actually, all three of them are hypothetical and theoretical. Right. Because we're like... We know that they possibly could exist because of observations, but we're not really sure. So we've given them names. One is called the WIMP, which I think is hilarious. That's so the WIMPy particle. It's, it's, it's an acronym that stands for Weakly Interacting Massive Particle. It's a heavy electromagnetically neutral subatomic particle. Those are a lot of big scary words. What it really means is a neutrino that is way more massive than a normal neutrino. So scientists have deduced maybe neutrinos that we observe are just smaller versions of a bigger version that makes up the total mass of dark matter. So essentially neutrinos that are heavy due to a kind of missing the missing pie chart that is dark matter's percentage. So talking about the 27%. Um, an axion, which is a hypothetical elementary particle that resolves the charge and parity problems that can occur in quantum chromodynamics. Okay. <laughs> now, I've given a description of what quantum chromodynamics are because I don't think anybody on Earth knows what that is, unless you're a theoretical physicist. It has nothing to do with color, so no. Um, no. Okay. So, in theoretical physics, quantum chromodynamics is a theory of the strong interaction between quarks and uh, mediated by gluons. Which are, are quantum, par- no, Qu- quantum, quantum par- particles? Is that one of them? Quantum particles that uh, make up the composition of um, hadrons such as the proton, neutron, and pion. pion. So like the, the matter that makes up those things, the proton, the neutron. Yes. Um, yeah, those are quantum, aren't those quantum particles? They're called quarks, yeah. Quarks. Quarks. And there's like 13 of them? Nine? No, 12. Something like that. There's, yeah, there's quantum, like, there's like up, down, spin, weird, strange, or whatever. No, there's types, though. Um, anyways, of, of it's... Quarks? The, yeah, I yes. don't know. I can't remember them all, but I don't want to... Di- you could just keep identifying, yes. you know, what's a quark? What's this? What's that? Right. So basically, an axion you can think of is a particle that helps solve a parity. Do you know what a parity is? Mm-mm. So a parity occurs when um, you have like a resolution to a problem, like you observe an issue or you observe something. Um, let me see if I can come up with like a good example. Um, okay, sure. Let's say that you're filling up a coffee cup with coffee um, and you have like a starting amount of liquid and your ending amount of liquid has a parity. It's like a discrepancy. It's like more than what you put in. Okay. And so you're like, the fuck did that come from? I did. I put, you know, 12 ounces of water and over here. And you ended here, up with 14. And you ended up with 14. Right. That's a parity. Okay. So it's a particle that helps resolve a parity problem. Okay. In that Which is scenario. weird, but okay. So let's say, for example, that um, we're like, well, we don't know what's going on, but there must be some liquid being added in right. the process of observation. Let's call it a quantum leak. Okay. That's a parity, and that's a resolution to the parity. So an axion is a hypothetical particle that helps solve a parity that occurs okay. in quantum chromodynamics, which that is the theory of interaction between quarks mitigated by gluons. I know it's so, this is so technical, but so basically there's an issue with quantum mechanics in that they can't account for these types of uh, gluons interacting on the quantum level. So okay. they're like, there must be another particle interacting with them. We'll call that an axion. Right. Okay. So there you go. It's an invisible 
And this is the these are the theoretical particles that make up dark matter. Correct. Plus a neutrino. Correct. So there's four. Plus a wimp, which is a big neutrino. Well, the three that we just talked about plus neutrinos. Well, wimp is a neutrino, basically. Okay. A wimp is like a neutrino on steroids. Think of it like that. Okay, so there's three. So there's neutrinos, which we know. Yes. Wimps, which we don't know. We're just guessing. Right. Axions. Axions, which we don't know. It just helps solve a parody for now. Right. We throw it in mathematically and we're like, okay, everything's balanced again. The universe is good. Sure. But we, you know, it's an it's an X value. We don't right. know what that is. Um, and then there's an ultralight boson. Okay. Which is a hypothetical elementary particle again that can clump, that can clump near black holes and explode, causing gravitational waves. So this is another observation that we see. That's fucking wild. That one's wild. Yeah. The rest of them are like, okay, cool. Yeah. That one's crazy. That one's pretty cool. So we see that happening, but near we're like black holes. Yeah, ultralight boson. Yeah. Why? Why near black? It's just something that we observe. We're like, why is there? Well, so even so, even weirder is like, where are these pulses coming from? Are you sure it's not like energy coming from in the black hole as it like eats a star? Black hole. Not even. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So it has to be something outside of it. Maybe it's something. Well, maybe it's like a byproduct of like the interaction from a black hole on the outside, and it's like. Could be even Stephen Hawking was like. Fuck if I know. Right, right. You know, the math doesn't check out. There must be something there exploding. That's the only thing I can think of. So they called it. And it's random too, I bet. Uh, Probably. Yeah. You know, it's not communicating with us in binary or anything, if that's what you're asking. No, the explosions are random. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know too much about it. That's crazy. Okay, anyways. But anyway, circling back to... So those are the three elementary particles that are hypothetical. They're, they're all theoretical that could potentially make up those 20, 27% of the dark matter in the observable universe. Um, we don't know much more than that. That's about all the information I got for you as far as like dark matter and what its composition is made up of. The rest is theoretical at this point. So like it's it opens up the door for so many questions and so many potential um scientific observations i'm surprised we haven't tried to like go run tests with like nets and shit taking one of our probes <laughs> nets i don't i don't know like i don't know how you it's i don't know it's a hard question to ask it's like how do you measure something you don't see and it's also like how are you going to find dark matter you just like try and hope that you float by some well actually i'm glad you asked or said that because i didn't write this down but i do know it it's one of the uh, observations that we do know that dark matter interacts with at least photons is when we point the Hubble Space Telescope or the James Webb Telescope at a certain star cluster, we can observe that there's nothing between the star cluster and us because we're looking at it, mm-hmm. but there's gravitational lensing happening, which okay. can happen through black holes, but it can also happen with dark matter. If there's enough dark matter <gasps> yeah, condensed we... in one area, the, oh, the light will bend around it. Yes. Which yep. sort of proves the theory that dark matter at least interacts with how, you know, how mass bends space and time. Correct. Dark matter is no different. High mass. Right. Like, but there yes. are highly massive dark matter clumps all right. throughout the universe. Right. Which is super weird. Which is so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to talk kind of circling back to the birthplace of the universe during the Big Bang. Um, there's this thing called baryonic asymmetry. And what that is, is 
there's an idea that during the Big Bang, if there was matter and antimatter created at the same time, then you would split it 50-50. Mathematically, that's the only thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it'd be symmetrical. There would be an equal parts matter, equal parts antimatter. The Big Bang happens, and then all the particles, antimatter and matter, sort of cancel each other out, and then there's nothing left in the universe. So we do know that there must be um, an inequality of distribution between matter and antimatter. We know that it, it can't be symmetric. It has to be asymmetrical, must favor matter over antimatter. We do know antimatter exists, by the way. That's a, for a whole nother episode. Okay. <laughs> but so there is antimatter, matter. There's more in abundance of matter than there is antimatter. That's obvious because we're doing a podcast right now. If there wasn't, we wouldn't be doing a podcast right now. Right. There'd be nothing in this universe. So baryogenesis... Um, also known as baryosynthesis, is the physical process that is hypothesized. Thank you. You're welcome. Hypothesized to have taken place during the early universe to produce baryonic asymmetry. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. The dingus came over to waggily his little tail. Yeah, so baryonic asymmetry is a process of baryogenesis, essentially. And that's, um, it has to do with dark matter because if you account for matter and dark matter being created, then is there such a thing as, like, dark antimatter? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Next. I'm already tired from this topic. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's all I have for dark matter. Now we're going to switch into dark energy, which okay. is actually a little easier to understand. I, th I didn't think dark matter was too hard. It's more of, like, when we get into quantum particles and shit, whatever the fuck those are, that's... <laughs> The things that make up protons, neutrons, oh, it's just fucking... Fun fact, what's the smallest measurable length in the known universe? Do you remember? No. Do you know what it is? No, you never told me. It's a Planck length. Oh, maybe you have told me. I think it sounds I familiar. Yeah, Planck. Wow. Um, Anyways. I don't know why that just popped into my head. Um, yes, hello. Um, yes, hello. I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> so dark energy uh, at... Uh, its Webster definition is a theoretical repulsive force that contradicts gravity and causes the universe to expand at an accelerating rate. So it's the world's leading um, theory on sort of a property of space that stretches it out. Was this also from the Big Bang too? Um, well, ac actually, uh, Big Bang. The Big Bang theoretically is the creation of all matter. Correct. The uh, dark energy would have existed before. Dark energy would have been a property of the space that already was inhabited before the Big Bang. Because it's it's hard to think in terms of before the Big Bang because there's nothing. Supposedly. But there would have had to there would have to have been a scaffolding of space time. Something would have had to be born inside of it, right? Right. There had to be of something to house everything. Right. So the Big Bang was the creation of all matter and antimatter. But we're talking about dark energy, which is perhaps a, a, a fundamental scaffolding that all matter lives inside of. Sure, yeah. The box, right. in my example, for example, would be right. dark the energy. Right, the room. Yeah. The housing um, room, yeah. Okay. So it's a bit perplexing because basically it's, again, an observation that we see and can verify, but... We're deducing that there must be something, hence the name dark energy. Mm -hmm. D dark energy and dark matter actually don't really have anything to do with each other. We just we throw the word dark in as scientists 
to sort of allow us to be like, we have no idea what it is. It just There's something there. We know it is. We just can't measure it or see it. Right. Same thing with dark energy. We can't see it, can't measure it, don't know how to quantify it. You mean same thing with dark matter? <laughs> no, dark energy. You same. just said dark energy twice. Sorry. Oh, I meant dark matter first. Then, then oh, okay. Energy. Sorry. I think you did. Okay. Anyways. But either way, I get, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway... um. And the, the first time that we ever observed dark energy, um, at least indirectly, there was a gentleman by the name of Martin Ryle. Mm-hmm. And in the early 1900s, him and another physicist were um, going at it between two different theories. The solid state theory, that is that during the Big Bang, all matter propagated um, equally outward at, a, okay, at yeah. a constant rate. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No speeding, no dark matter interaction, just kind of just exploded and went outward at a constant rate. Right. Martin Ryle begged to differ. He was actually not, he was an astronomer, but he wasn't actually a scientist. He was more of a um, radio engineer. Right. But with like a astrophysics interest. And one thing he specialized in was weak radio sources, which is like such a weird niche, but it actually worked in his favor because weak radio sources could be used to detect galaxies far away. Like radio waves? Yeah, we okay. can we observe uh, radio frequency from frequency. those galaxies. And so we can actually pinpoint through radio where these galaxies are. And based on the wave size, we could deduce how, how far, far away, away they, it is. And yeah. how far away they're stretching. Okay, so one thing he noticed was that closer galaxies were spread apart. Milky Way, Andromeda, the, the nearby ones were spread apart at a certain distance. The further away you went, the tighter they got. The more compact they are, as if more have you ever dense. did that? Yeah, have you ever did that? Have you ever done that? Jesus, I'm losing it. Did I ever did the dead? Did you ever do did that did thing with the dead? Fuck. <laughs> 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 did you ever do that experiment with the water dish and uh, Dawn soap? Yeah. You yes. put the pepper on. You put your finger in, just bleh, and all the, the pepper goes to the edge. The, not the pepper. We did it with dye, but yeah, sure, I guess or something. I don't know. Pepper's a good one. That's the same thing that's happening in our observable universe as well. All of the galaxies are getting smushed outward. There's there's some repulsive force from the center pushing everything out. From the center. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Center. Center. Wherever the fuck that center is. Center of the universe. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. Isn't ton 618 technically the center? The largest known black hole that we know of? Oh, okay. This news to me. I don't know. I... I just, I thought the center of our galaxy was actually like a black fucking hole. I don't know. That I could be pulley, oh, of pulling the mil- this. Of the Milky Way galaxy, I think, is what you're thinking of. Maybe. I probably could I, be. I, I don't think there's any known. Center of our universe. Origin of the Big Bang is where that would be. Right, right, right. right. No. Okay, sorry. It not actually don't think we could ever measure that because of the it's distance and light. So I think that's like 13 billion light years away or something fucking stupid. Probably. Ton whatever 618 is. Actually, that's a pretty good guess. I think you're right. Um, anyway, so what Martin Ryle did was um, he verified that and also thus proving that there must be some sort of repulsive force. Right. Thus questioning what is going on here. Right. What is blinding. doing this? Right. So that's sort of the origin of dark energy. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much it for dark energy is we 
That's that, it. That's a fucking all, repulsive force. That's all we know. That pisses me off. Right. There's. I mean, <laughs> how are you? I mean, how are you supposed to? Uh, other than that observation right. that Martin Ryle had, which we can now observe with telescopes, by the way, like we could just point, um, we could just point the fucking um, James Webb telescope at the edge of the universe and verify that too. But we, just, we didn't have that technology back then. That things are moving outward. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't uh, explain the the part in which he measured it. I allude. I skimmed over it. But yeah, basically, if you take a measurement of a closer um, galaxy. And then you take a measurement of a further away galaxy and then wait a little bit and then do it again. The wave functions are different. Um, the wave functions are different by a larger fraction at the ones that are further distance than the ones that are closer. Meaning that they're right, right, right. they're moving away from us right. faster. It's not... almost like as we spin, we're just like letting loose. Because, you know, so Earth is spinning. Yes. Our solar system is Here spinning. Here we go again. <laughs> our galaxy is spinning. Right. But then our known universe is spinning. Too, right everything's spinning so in our galaxy is this little cluster like it looks like saturn but there's a tail to it mm-hmm. and that's like things getting like let go and pushed away as we spin right. so you want to know something perplexing is there something holding us to the center of our galaxy could it be the black hole well that's what dark matter is theorized to be right so dark matter i i talked a lot about its interaction on matter but i didn't really talk about like why it could potentially be a thing and that's to hold everything together. I sort of said that in the beginning. But um, actually, right. it's observed that if you take Newton's laws of gravity and you observe, say, the Milky Way or Andromeda galaxy spinning, it actually doesn't make any sense. The stars around the outer edge are moving faster than what they would normally in Newton's laws of gravity. If you take a look at how you would, if you were to simulate um, Newton's gravities and create your own um galaxy mm-hmm. and spin it around you'd see something different than what you do today and so you have to there, there's something there there's more mass than what meets the eye is what they're trying to do in the center of our galaxy and, and or just anybody's ge- galaxy and, okay. everywhere okay but we can't see it so right. all we see is a bunch of stars moving around in a circle Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, cool. But when we look at, when we measure the amount of matter and we mathematically lay it out and say, okay, here's what would be happening, it doesn't match what we see. It's doing something different. That's fucking weird. Soccer ball in the water. It's doing right. something different. We don't know what it is. Right, right, when right, When right. we observe it, we don't see anything different. Sure. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I have, to be honest with you, with, with this whole topic. It, the rest is theori- theoretical speculation. There's a, I'm sure there's thousands of theories out there. Right. But it's super cool. I mean, this is very informational. <laughs> it was. It was um, especially like the difference between dark matter and dark energy. I had no idea. I mean, I know there was like dark energy, but you laid it out super well. Thank you. Yeah, and it the makes analogy, very good sense. The analogy helped very me. Very good sense. Yeah. What is with us today? I don't know. Damn. Can't speak. Damn. Very much good senses. Very, I have good sense of the topics that are being That are talked, much today. Much talked today. Much too. <laughs> <laughs> We're smart. <laughs> I shapped. Shapped. I shapped my pants. 
No, it's remember instead of shift, I said shaft. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. that. Talking about shit. In the beginning, like our first or second episode, I shapped it. And yeah, you shapped it across. <laughs> God damn it. But anyways, no, it was very interesting. I've, it's a topic I love. And if you guys haven't read Dark Matter by Blake fucking Crouch, I'll fucking kill you. Just is kidding. Is it actually about Dark Matter? Or is it like a... It's about the multiverse. Oh. And does, in... does what I said make the book make more sense now to no. you? The, it's oh, okay. a fucking... It's a, it's, a, it's a fictional book. Okay. It's just for funsies. But it's a good ride. It's a good... It's, it's a good story. It's also, really good. Also, I want to mention if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh well, this is all theoretical, so like you could just be making it all up. I hate that. I hate when people defend with that. Like because it's theoretical, it's not sound. You're just making it up at a left field. Sure. I it, scientists carefully implement what we do know and what we don't know to theorize what could be happening. Okay. Right. It's it's all mathematical. I know I'm just speaking words here, but and I'm saying like, oh well, when we do the math, it works out like this. But what I'm saying is these theories are, they could be easily proven if we just had the technology or means to do so. Right, but we just don't. Right. And we're not even, like, James Webb wasn't a feat in itself. Right. Yeah. And so I just, I don't like the defense, like, oh, because it's a theory, it's made up and it's fiction. Why don't you it's guys like, use your brains better than that? Uh, like, just, just. I'm, I'm mostly venting to the people who commented on the most recent TikTok that I posted. They're like, right. oh, well, this is all theoretical. You just made it this up. This is a podcast. It's literally space conspiracy theories and fun fucking topics. Like, what? Of course, we're going to talk about it. If You know, if you're going to bag on us, go bag on Neil deGrasse Tyson. He talks a lot of theories, and he's a gazillion times smarter than I could ever dream to be. Right. What I'm, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is there's a difference between theoretical physics right. that, that's quantifiable and and you're not making shit it, up. Right, you're not pulling it out of your ass. There is some indication of something that led to this idea. Right. You know, there's an idea, they did what they could, but the technology's not there, so. Right. And until we observe it, we don't know, but it's okay. That's what science is all about, if, is mm -hmm. finding out what we don't know and then reaching for the stars and finding out later. Literally, actually. Quite literally. Anyway, um, if you have any fun topics that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email, email us at... Emu oh my, us. Email, emu us. Email us. Send an emu with a um, letter attached to his back. At starmanspodcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. Or check us out on Instagram or starmans.live. Yes. Where you can Instagram find all Starman's of our podcasts All at once. Go buy our merch. Merry Christmas. Sorry. Rowan yeah, by the time so. we post this, it'll be almost Christmas week. No. It will be after Christmas? What are you saying right now? It'll be literally like in three days. Today's Saturday. We're oh, you're right. due for... It's early December. Yeah, well, You're going to okay. have to cut this out. Fine. So by the time you hear this, it'll be early December, just in time to buy merch. Yeah, buy that merch for your Christmas. Buy it. Buy it. Buy a sticker. Represent. 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 All right, guys, we'll uh, catch you in the next episode. Do you want to tease it? Oh, it's have... another big natural disaster. It's another. Is it my life? <laughs> no, we're going to hop over to New Zealand and talk about the volcanic eruption on White Island. Ooh, what's happening right now? Do you know what? Have you heard about this volcanic eruption in like Hawaii right now? 
is happening no, right it, now? No, Hawaii is constantly erupting, literally constantly. Same with There's White like Island. Lava shooting up like a hundred. All the time, there. you can literally tourist over there. Why, why is it on the news then? All of a sudden, uh, maybe it had like more of a massive eruption. So um, I don't know. I just didn't know if you knew anything about it. No, but I don't. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, also, I don't listen to the news. It's extremely biased. I think it's all bullshit, and it doesn't even cover important things. So, That's like the accurate. war in Ukraine is. No one's still, no one is talking about that anymore. Everyone's like, I gotta go over there and help us. And then everyone forgot about it. It's really Don't sad. Don't forget about Ukraine. Also, listen to our right. episode on you uh, talking to Eric at the Clean Futures Fund, if you right. haven't already. And go help them out. They're doing really good things for our people, adults, dogs. It's not just Chernobyl. It's literally for It's at this point, it's war. for Ukraine. Yeah. Right. And so. the people trying to survive. So. All right. So we'll talk about some, another eruption. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. This one's fucking wild. This, ooh, it's a good story. I can't wait. So, yeah, I can't wait either. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.